Welcome to the Bold Money Revolution podcast. This is your source for straight talking, no fluff, business and high performance conversations that add real depth and value to the way bold leaders live, work and thrive. I'm your host, Tara Newman. I'm here to show you how to optimize your performance as a leader so that you can grow a business that is profit rich, efficient and allows you to generate real tangible wealth for yourself and others. We are here to help you lead with your values, to perform without overwhelm and burnout, and to do your most important work in the world. Hey, hey, Bold Leaders. Welcome to another episode of the Bold Money Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Tara Newman, and I've got a question for you today. Have you ever felt like you were drowning in things, responsibilities, tasks, obligations, struggling to keep your head above water, like really having a hard time even breathing. Maybe you're wearing your shoulders as earrings or you have trouble sleeping because you can't turn your brain off or you startle awake worrying about that ball you're about to drop. Have you ever felt like that? I know I have. And if you have ever felt like that, or maybe you feel like that now and are with me in this, then today's show is for you. And I want to be transparent and say the reason why I talk about overwhelm and the reason why I talk about uh, process and systems and planning and workflows is because that is something that I have had to work on over and over and over again throughout my career, throughout owning a business, throughout my life. And I think I easily get overwhelmed because of my ADHD, which makes my brain a chaotic place. Going from when I was younger and I was undiagnosed, I was an underperformer and I had no mastery of this aspect of my life called executive functioning or maybe um, even you might think of it as just my mind in general. There was no mastery there. And I have been able to become a high performer where executive functioning skills are my superpower. It's actually the thing I'm sought after for. And it's been because of my ADHD. So I think that's an important one part of my story and an important thing to say here because so many times we feel like the things about us that might be atypical or quote unquote not normal, normal doesn't actually exist, but not normal, are our limitations. And they're maybe they're not. Maybe they're what's meant to be your superpower. So I've spent my entire career studying performance psychology and helping leaders execute goals and plans and get things done at a very high level while being fairly chill about it, meaning we're making sure that they're not going to become a burned out shell of a human being. Now, when I had my blog, and I've had been creating content online since 2008, and one of my blogs was about motivation, about goal setting, about planning, about getting things done. And I used to get people coming to me all the time saying, wow, you really get shit done and are zen about it. That was the unique piece that they were calling out for me, that I get a lot done. I had a mentor say to me once, she's from Montana, she's like, I've got a question. I'm like, sure, what is it? And she's like, how do you haul balls the way you do? I move. I get things done. I'm effective. I am efficient. 
And I am someone who gets overwhelmed, bites off more than they can handle, and wakes up in the middle of the night worried about dropping balls. And I continue to come back to this part of myself that craves balance. And I know that people don't like the word balance and balance is BS and all that stuff. But, you know, I just crave balance as much as I can achieve it or get it and what it looks like for me. So I think that is probably what people were picking up on is that I get things done and I seem to be able to have some balance. Even when I was in corporate, my bosses always valued my boundaries around things like, listen, if you need me to be here and you need me to pull an all-nighter and you need me to get things done, I am here. I am not going to do it on a daily basis though. But know that even though you see me leaving at a regular time, I will absolutely be here when crisis strikes and when it's absolutely needed. And I used to think that they didn't respect me for that. I used to think that they actually held that against me. And it wasn't until much later that I had conversations with two of my female bosses where they were like, no, that's what we really appreciated about you and admired about you and respected about you. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting, right? And I've definitely had times in my career where I have had roles that didn't go well because the person who I was reporting to didn't respect that about me. And it wasn't that they didn't respect it about me, it's that they were jealous, It's that they were envious and that they wanted that to be like that too. They wanted to be able to be bold in their declarations around their boundaries, around what they will and won't do around work that caused there to be tension and friction in this relationship. So I find myself really uniquely positioned to have this conversation with you today. Whether you're a business owner or a leader in someone else's organization, you're likely being pulled in too many directions. Your day is spent playing defense against a barrage of notifications, interruptions, and distractions. And if you haven't noticed, it is really only getting worse, right? It is requiring us to be a warrior against these things and really defend our time and our mental space and our priorities and what's important to us more than any other time that I can think of in my career. So while some might think they're doing something wrong if they feel this way, I find actually that my high-performing clients are some of the ones who are the worst hit with feelings of overwhelm because they're the most in demand. The more successful my clients become, the more they fight decision fatigue, competing priorities, and the fear they will disappoint someone. And there are more people to disappoint when you're leading at that level. So just to get started in this conversation, I'm going to ask you the question, I ask all my clients when they come to me looking like they are on the hairy fringe. And that is, on a scale from one to 10, how overwhelmed do you feel right now? 10 being the most. Give yourself a number. On a scale from one to 10, how overwhelmed do you feel right now? That is my go-to question, 10 being the most. And I get people who say to me, I'm a 12, and I'm like, wow, okay, 
seems like you're really feeling pressured here with everything you have on your plate. And sometimes they're like, thanks for the check-in. I think I'm a five. I'm like, okay, do we still need to talk about this? And sometimes they're like, no, we don't. Now, next question. So say you are overwhelmed. What do you think the solution is? Because a lot of times people come to me that the solution is they need to find a way to manufacture more hours in the day or they need to work more hours. They need to add team. They need to purchase some shiny system that will do it all and take everything off their plate. They need to outsource more, delegate, right? And this is really a false narrative. These are the likely responses that I get. I hear them frequently. And more often than not, then what follows is business owners will isolate when they're feeling overwhelmed. And instead of asking for help, they shut people out. And the reason why this becomes, this this type of avoidance becomes problematic is because if you think the solution is working extra hours, adding team, outsourcing, delegating, purchasing a system, then that's the solution you're going to put in place and it's going to fail because when you isolate, you make decisions in a vacuum. You spend all your time looping around in your head, fixating on solutions that likely aren't going to move you forward. You might even invest in things that you don't really need and this really becomes costly. So I want to give you a simple process today to help you create space, reduce overwhelm, and hopefully save you from making some mistakes that could be costly. Now, In this process, I actually combine two common productivity measures. This is nothing new. You've likely heard them before. I did not create them. But what I do find unique is that I use these two processes together. And I do find that not many people think about using them together. And then additionally, I've actually worked through creating an automation for this and a workflow for this with my clients using monday.com, which is also unique about working with me. However, you can easily do this on your own with the information that I'm giving you. And I really hope you take me up on the invitation to do this on your own before you make any decisions. It will help you. So I use this with my clients and I want to just make a note about this. My clients, they're both men and women. 100% of my clients are running businesses over $1 million in revenue. They are not newbies. They are battle-tested CEOs who have bought businesses, sold businesses, grown companies with significant responsibility for employees, and they have been challenged with this from day one. This is not necessarily a newbie problem. This is not necessarily an advanced problem. This is the human condition, okay? This is the human condition. So the first thing that I want everybody to do, you can pull out a piece of paper for this, and do a brain dump. We've all heard of the brain dump. Most people don't do it. I don't know why. It is probably one of the most simplest, easiest ways to start to reduce overwhelm, in my opinion. I have been using it for years. And the beauty of brain dumping is that over time, you don't even actually need to do the exercise. You can start to just mentally triage things on your own. It becomes that much of a habit, right? We want to make this 
automatic that you're doing this without even thinking about it. This is where in a brain dump, you get everything out of your head. You continue to dump things on this piece of paper or whatever you where this the single place, this notebook, wherever you want to, you know, delegate this space to. For my clients, it's a Monday board. Um, it could be a Google Doc. So I want you to continue jumping your thoughts and everything that's on your mind into this document throughout the day. And either at the end of the day, I suggest maybe daily initially, and then maybe after 30 days, you can go to every few days. But now is the time where you are going to triage the brain dump. It's not good enough just to put it on paper. Yes, it gets it out of your head. It allows you to see it. You know, one of the things that I always take away from my brain dump is like how silly I'm being or how many shoulds I have that are like running around in my head, right? But now what I want you to do is use the DAD method to triage it. And it's D-A-D-D, and it stands for delete, automate, delegate, and do. And again, you have most likely heard of this process. So as you're evaluating your brain dump, as you're evaluating the list you've just created, let's talk about deleting. This is where time, energy, and cost savings come into play. I can't tell you how many times business owners delegate something or worse, hire for it when it should be deleted. You shouldn't even be doing it. Nobody in your business should be doing it. So I want you to challenge yourself to delete at least 50% of what you put down on your paper. And I know that sounds like a big number. Normally, I tell my clients delete 80%, but I'm going to give you 50%. Because what are you fixating on? What are you putting down there? Do these things that you have on your list actually going to get you closer to your vision? Or is it a should? Is this important? Is this urgent? Right? 20% of what we do leads to 80% of our results. 20% of what we do leads to 80% of our results. That's why I personally think you could probably delete 80% of what is on that list, especially if this is the first time you're doing it or you're new to doing this. I find things to delete all the time, and I think that I'm running pretty lean. Now, I don't just do this for business. I do this for my personal life, too. I remember once sitting down as a new mom. I've been doing this since my kids were itty-bitty. They're 18 and 15 now, so I've been doing this for probably almost two decades. And I remember looking at the list of things that I brain-dumped and thought to myself, why am I doing any of this? One was like, buy my daughter sneakers or something like that. And I'm like, well, she has a pair and she has a spare. Why does she need another pair of sneakers? Why do I need to take my time and go buy a third pair of sneakers? She's three. She's fine. If something happens to one pair, like she steps in a puddle, we have another pair. She doesn't need more than that. Why is this even on my list, right? And then there are going to be things on your list that you can automate, So after you delete everything, after I deleted the errands that were on my list because I thought I should do them, because I thought I was going to be maybe a better mom if my daughter had three pairs of sneakers instead of two, you're going to automate. So on this list, can this task be automated? Is it repetitive? And some examples are automating bank transfers so you can hit your savings goals or paying your bills on time, using the subscribe and save feature on Amazon for items that you need to purchase regularly, 
But with tech advancements today, we've really transformed what work looks like. We are stepping into a future of work that most people can't even comprehend. And so what can be automated that you're doing? Many more things can be automated like onboarding processes, receiving payments, following up on payments, client management. We've developed monday.com boards with workflows and automations for clients that as things progress through their client delivery stages, their client receives update emails like magic, where there you don't have to think about proactively going and taking some of these measures on their own. They're only responding if the client then replies to that email that was sent. With the items left on your list, so you've deleted and you've automated, it's not until you've deleted and you've automated that then you can ask yourself, who can do this? And that's the delegation question. Who can do this? And then that's when you assign a person and a due date with minimal instructions for them to be delegated, right? And I say minimal instructions because we need to make sure that we are hiring the most competent people to work for us, that you can give them the outcome of what you want them to achieve and trust that they will then go and take the steps, know the steps to take to achieve it. And that you don't have to constantly be micromanaging them and telling them every fart in detail of the things that they need to do, right? So ideally, you already have that processed out and you've hired the right person for the right job. That then makes it easier for you to delegate. Now, the next and the very last thing that you're going to do is identify which things you need to do. And you should be left with maybe 5 to 10% of your brain dump in this category, right? And these 5 to 10% of the things are the most important things. They're revenue generating. They're the, the, the 20% that gets to 80% of the results for you and your company. They are your critical few. Remember that podcast episode I did on the critical few? That is how you get here, right? Now, I say this is a process that is simple, but not easy, because it's often the evaluation of the task that can get in my client's way. What they think is important, I can usually make the case to delete. What they think needs to be delegated, I have a recipe to automate. When my clients get nervous about deleting something, we talk through what that's bringing up for them and what might really be the issue. Truly, why are they struggling to delegate? Why are they struggling to create workflows and process in their business that allows them to make work easier? What's really getting in the way there? And it's our humanness. Our humanness can get in the way of truly making the necessary changes required to work easier, to buy back our time, and to save our sanity. But that doesn't mean it's not possible. So are you willing to give this process a shot for 30 days to see how it works for you? If so, don't delay. And feel free to email me at support at theboldleadershiprevolution.com, letting me know that you are going to do this for 30 days. You can even put like 30-day challenge. I am challenging you, 30-day challenge in the email. I will read it. I read all my emails. I will respond. 
I will most likely even follow up with you 30 days later to see how you did. All right. So don't miss out on an opportunity to send me an email because the reality is, is most of you won't. Maybe one, two percent of you are going to send me this email. And that's why I actually get to respond to everyone who emails me. Until next time, take good care of you. And remember, we can't always control whether or not we feel overloaded and overwhelmed, but we can control whether or not we do something about it. If you've found this podcast valuable, help us develop more bold leaders in the world by sharing this episode with your friends, colleagues, and other bold leaders. Also, if you haven't done so already, please leave a review. I consider reviews like podcast currency, and it's the one thing you can do to help us out here at the Bold Leadership Revolution HQ. We would be so grateful for it. Special thanks goes to Stacey Harris from Uncommonly More, who is the producer and editor of this podcast. Go check them out for all your digital marketing and content creation needs. Be sure to tune into the next episode to help you embrace your ambition and leave the grind behind. Bye.